What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. This is the Tom Hartman Program. Greetings, my friends, patriots, lovers of democracy, truth, and justice, believers in peace, freedom, and the American way. This is the third, I guess, of the formal impeachment hearings. It is right now Jennifer Williams, who is the special advisor to Mike Pence, Vice President Mike Pence, on Europe and Russia. And Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vindman, decorated war hero. He's still walking around with a shrapnel in his body. He's on the National Security Council and uh, detailed to the White House. They were both actually on the phone call where Donald Trump solicited the bribe or offered the bribe, rather, to Mr. Zelensky, the uh, president of Ukraine. There have been a number of attempts by the Republicans up to this point to basically smear Mr. Vindman. He was born in Ukraine. His father, his father was Ukrainian. They fled Ukraine when he was uh, three years old, I believe, when he was a toddler, and came to the United States. They're U.S. citizens. He and his twin brother both joined the army. His twin brother, I believe, is in the is in the room with him, and, and as well as his father. In fact, in his opening statement, he said, "Dad, I'll be fine if I just tell the truth." But one of the things that the New York Times is reporting right now is that the army is actually looking at relocating him and his family because the right-wing media has been stirring up the right-wing hate machine to the point that they're afraid that somebody might attack him or his family. I don't have anything on Jennifer Williams on that right now. Jim Jordan, the right-wing hitman, this was just amazing. Vindman, apparently a high-ranking person inside Ukraine, three times offered him the position of defense minister for the country of Ukraine. In part because he was born in Ukraine, in part because actually this has happened before. Uh, and Vindman in his answer said, you know, there have been American military officials who have served as the defense ministers of essentially emerging countries. He mentioned one of the Baltic states. He didn't mention which one. I don't know if it was Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania or some other state, but basically an American actually did serve as a defense minister for a while while they were trying to figure out how to put their country together. And this was an offer that was made to Vindman. Vindman turned it down three times, and that was that in his mind. But Jim Jordan was basically suggesting, and Adam Schiff called him out on this and pointed, actually Jim Himes called him out on this, 
And so that's reprehensible that you are trying to imply that Vindman is actually loyal to Ukraine rather than loyal to America. A man who served in battle, a man whose Humvee was blown up with an IED and was wounded in battle and is still walking around with shrapnel in his body, and the Republicans are trying to portray him as basically a traitor to the United States. And this is, again, a reason why the Pentagon right now is looking into, re he doesn't live on base, and they're looking into relocating him and his family onto a military base so that they can be safe from right-wing crackpots. Like the guy who took, you know, Trump was talking about, oh my God, Hispanics down, you know, down south in El Paso. And so this guy drives, you know, 600 miles to El Paso and murders over 20 Hispanics, you know, basically, and says he thinks he's operating basically on instructions from Trump. And so the military is now very worried that Trump is smearing Vindman. So anyhow, the hearings are going on. I'm going to be offering commentary. We're already done with the opening statements and we're now into the, you know, five minutes each of Democrats and Republicans. We'll just pick up the hearings. In the impeachment inquiry has perjured themselves or lied to this committee? Not that I'm aware of. I yield back. Mr. Carson. Thank you, Chairman Schiff. I yield to the chairman. I thank the gentleman for yielding. Wanted to just make one point clear for folks that are watching the hearing today. Bribery does involve a quid pro quo. Bribery involves the conditioning of an official act for something of value. An official act may be a White House meeting. An official act may be $400 million in military aid. And something of value to a president might include investigations of their political rival. This is Adam Schiff. The reason Schiff. we don't ask witnesses that are fact witnesses... And he's responding to the, argu the Republicans' argument that no witness has used the word bribery. More significantly, the, what the founders had in mind when they itemized bribery or other high crimes and misdemeanors is... Your fact witnesses, it will be our job to decide whether the impeachable act of bribery has occurred. Uh, that's why we don't ask you those questions. Um, for one thing, you're also not aware of all the other facts that have been adduced during the investigation. With that, I yield back to Mr. Carson. Thank you, Chairman. Uh, thank you both for your service. Colonel Benman, you were in a July 10th White House meeting in Ambassador Bolton's office. Isn't that right, sir? Correct. In that meeting, the Ukrainians asked. This is Andre Carson, the Democrat from they Indiana. Get their Oval Office meeting, and Ambassador Sondland replied that they need to quote speak about Ukraine delivering specific investigations in order to secure a meeting with the president. End quote. Is that correct, sir? That is correct. Uh, Colonel Vindman, did you later learn why Ambassador Bolton cut the meeting short? I did. After Ambassador Bolton ended that meeting, sir, some of the group that attended. A uh, follow-on meeting in a different room in the White House uh, called the Ward Room. Is that correct, sir? That is correct. And Ambassador Sondland was there with the senior Ukrainian officials. Is that correct? That is correct. Did NSC lawyers tell you to come directly to them, sir, if you had any other concerns after July 10th? I believe the words were something to the effect of, if you have any other concerns, feel free to come back. In, in this follow-on meeting, sir, Ambassador Sondland left, in your words, no ambiguity about what specific investigations he was requesting. Uh, Ambassador Sondland made clear that he was requesting an investigation of Vice President Joe Biden's son. Isn't that correct, sir? That is correct. And he stated that he was asking these requests in coordination with Chief of Staff, White House <coughs> Chief of Staff, Mick Mulvaney. Correct, sir? That is what I heard him say. Uh, Colonel, in your career, 
Had you ever before witnessed an American official request that a foreign government investigate a U.S. citizen who is related to the president's political opponent? I have not. And Colonel, you immediately raised concerns about this, correct, sir? That is correct. Uh, what exactly happened? To Ambassador Sondland, if I understood you correctly, I stated that it was inappropriate and had nothing to do with national security policy. Did you also raise concern that day with White House lawyers? I did. Uh, what did you tell them? I reported the same thing. That I, I, I reported the content of the conversation with Ambassador Sondland. Uh, at that point, I wasn't aware that uh, Dr. Hill had a, had a conversation uh, with um, Ambassador Bolton. So I just relayed what I had, what what I experienced to to the attorney, lead legal counsel. As we are now aware, sir, uh, Ambassador Bolton expressed his concerns and instructed Dr. Fiona Hill, your supervisor to also meet with the same White House lawyers to tell them what happened. Uh, Colonel Vindman, I agree that there is no question that Ambassador Sondland was proposing a transaction uh, to Ukrainian officials trading White House meetings for specific investigations. With the full awareness of the President's Chief of Staff, White House attorneys, and his National Security Advisor. In my view, sir, that's appalling. Thank you both for your service. I yield back to the Chairman. We're going back to Thank Adam gentleman. Schiff now. Um, I would just point out as well that when the matter does move to the Judiciary Committee and no decision has been made about the ultimate resolution, uh, the White We're House uh, to point out that will this have is the opportunity to submit, uh, make a submission to the Judiciary Committee. I now turn to Dr. Wenstrup. We can dial back the thank you. Dave in Federal Way, Washington. Dave, you're a former intelligence officer, if I'm recalling correctly. Yeah, and I was not going to call about any of this, Tom, mm. but I had to after what I saw they put Colonel Vindman through. Look, Colonel Vindman was in Fallujah. No one should question his dedication to his country, all right? But the main thing I want to point out is how the Trump administration is abusing the classification system. And you don't have to be an intelligence professional to figure it out. All you got to use is your critical thinking skills, okay? Like the counsel for the vice president. He was there representing Williams. He said that the call on September 18th, the vice president's office has deemed it to be classified, and they can only discuss that call in a classified setting. You think this is well, to protect Pence from being involved in the bribery scandal? Well, what this is, yes. What this all is, is, okay, I called in Dino Badala's show, okay, about this, and a guy called up right afterwards and criticized me. He said, look, we shouldn't be discussing sequestering information. All right, let's, let's analyze that. Sequestering information. The reason why we have a classification system is to use his word, sequester information that is critical to the safety and security and the protection of national assets of the United States of America. It is not to sequester information to protect any one individual, especially the president of the United States or the right. vice president, to protect information that can incriminate or embarrass them. Yeah, I think right? the thing they're, I think the thing they're the freaking out right now about, Dave, is that, is that Pence is up to his eyeballs in this. And if both of them get impeached, Nancy Pelosi becomes president. Well, of course, Pence is up to his eyeballs. And, 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 and I'm really getting sick of people giving Pompeo a pass. Look, they say the president, when he makes a threat, what do they say? They say, oh, it's just, you're, you know, it's just tongue in cheek. He's just, you know, he doesn't actually mean it as a threat. It's all the mens rea argument. Yeah. Well, check this out. Between the president, there are some very dangerous and powerful people between the president of the United States and these witnesses. Yes. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Dave, thank you for the call. Thanks for your perspective on this. And, and you know, if you have further thoughts, you know, feel free to, to call in as, as we go through the day. I, I find this absolutely fascinating. The Republicans are doing everything they can to, to try to redirect this or make it, uh, make it seem like it's irrelevant. It's not. This is the Tom Hartman Program. We are hearing in real time for the first time from actual first-hand witnesses who were on the call between Trump and Zelensky. And they're both saying that what's in the, in the transcript is not all, all that was in the call. It's not typically what would happen. It would be, for, frankly, it would be Ambassador Bolton Hearings for a second. No other people can. And uh, this is uh, represent, Representative Bat- Brad Wenstrom, the Republican from Ohio. This, we'll see, let's see how he's handling this. I, on my judgment, went. I expressed concerns within the chain of command, which I think to me, as a military officer, is completely appropriate, and I exercise that chain of command. Lieutenant Colonel Vindman, your deposition, page 259, you said, I forwarded my concerns through the chain of command, and the seniors then decide the action to take. Mr. Morrison's your senior. He didn't know about it. How can he decide an action to take? But that's what you said. In Mr. Morrison's deposition, page 60, the question is, at what point did you learn that Lieutenant Colonel Vindman went to Eisenberg? He said, he said, about the 25th phone call? He said, yes, in the course of reviewing for this proceeding, reviewing the open record. So the question, next question, so Eisenberg never came to you and relayed to you the conversation? He said, no. He said, Ellis never did either. He's trying to portray Vindman as, as some guy who's like so pursuing his own agenda. So Mr. Morrison was skipped in your chain of command about your other concerns. So Mr. Morrison said he's the final clearing authority. He said he saw your edits. Do you remember if all of the edits were incorporated? And he said, yes, I accepted all of them. That's on page 6162. So he believes all your edits were accepted. Let me ask you, were in your edits, did you insist that the word demand be put into the transcription between the conversation of the two presidents? I did not. But you did say that in your opening statement today. Thank you, and I yield back. So he found thank what you, appears Chairman, to be some small discrepancy. This is uh, Representative Jackie Spear, uh, California. Colonel Vindman, wasn't it the case that Mr. Eisenberg, the attorney, had said to you after the July 5th meeting that you should come to him if you have any other concerns? Uh, after the July 10th meeting, yes, ma'am, that is correct. And it is not going outside the chain of command to speak to the lawyer within the institution. Is that correct? Uh, no, he is um, the senior between the two, certainly. All right. Um, our colleagues on the other side of the aisle have um, been complaining about other witnesses having only secondhand information. But in both your cases, you have firsthand information because you were on the July 25th phone call. Is that correct? That's correct. That is correct. Now, uh, Colonel, you in your comments today said, I want to state that the vile character attacks on these distinguished and honorable public servants is reprehensible. Would you like to expand on that at all? Uh, Ma'am, I think they stand on their own. I I don't think it's necessary to to expand on it. So in, in both your situations, since you have given depositions, since those depositions have been made public, um, have you seen your uh, experience in your respective jobs uh, changed, or have you been treated any differently? 
I have not, no. Since the report on the July 25th, as I stated, I did notice I was being excluded from several meetings that would have been appropriate for my position. So, in some respects, then, there have been reprisals. Uh, I'm not sure if I could make that judgment. I could say that uh, it was out of the course of normal affairs to not have me uh, participate in some of these events. Thank you. Uh, in preparation for the July 25th phone call, uh, it's standard for the National Security Council to provide talking points. Is that correct? Correct. You're listening to Tom Hartman. Hey guys, remember the days when you were always ready to go? Well, now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up, bluechew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So you know that they, can, that they work, that they actually do work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. If you could benefit from extra function and more confidence where it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when, I, when you use our special promo code TOM, T-H-O-M. Just pay 5 bucks for shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E chew b-l-u-e-c-h-e-w dot com promo code tom t-h-o-m to try it free blue chew it's the better cheaper faster choice and we thank them for sponsoring this podcast paired them they were then reviewed and edited by multiple senior officers at the nsc and the white house is that correct that is correct did the talking points for the president contain any discussion of investigations into the 2016 election, the Bidens, or Burisma? They did not. Are you aware of any written product from the National Security Council suggesting that investigations into the 2016 election, the Bidens, or Burisma are part of the official policy of the United States? No, I'm not. Some of President Trump's allies have suggested that the president requested these investigations for official policy reasons as part of some plan to root out corruption in Ukraine. In your experience, did the official policies of the United States include asking Ukraine to So this is Jackie Spear, the congresswoman from California, and, and she's just laying the case out. Here she goes. Election? Uh, nothing that we prepared or had discussed uh, up until that point included any of these elements. Would it ever be U.S. policy, in your experience, to ask a foreign leader to open a political investigation? There are proper procedures in which to do that. Uh, certainly the, the president is well within his right to do that. Um, it is not something the NSC, certainly a director at the NSC, would do. As a matter of fact, we are prohibited from being involved in any transaction between Department of Justice and a foreign, and a foreign um, power to ensure that there is no perception of manipulation from the White House. So it is not something that we participate in. 
Ms. Williams, in your experience, did the official policies of the United States include asking Ukraine to open investigations into the Bidens? Ms. Williams is the particular cases is the person who works with uh, Mike Pence. All right, let me um, just say to you, Lieutenant Colonel Benman, that um, in listening to your opening statement, I um, had chills up and down my spine. Um, and I think most Americans uh, recognize what an extraordinary hero you are uh, to our country. And I would say to your father, um, he did well. I yield back. Mr. Stewart. Thank you, Ms. Williams, Lieutenant Colonel Vindman. Thank both of you for okay, being here Okay, we're going today. back to another uh, Republican Vindman, questioner. I see you're wearing your dress uniform. Knowing that's not the uniform of the day, you normally wear a suit to the White House. Uh, I think it's a great reminder of your military service. I, too, come from a military family. These are my father's Air Force wings. He was a pilot in World War II. Five of his sons served in the military. So as one military family to another, thank you and your brothers for your service. Your example here. Uh, I, I, very quickly, I'm curious, when Ranking Member Nunez referred to you as Mr. Vindman, you quickly corrected him. And this is Representative Chris Lieutenant Stewart Colonel of Utah, Vindman. a Republican from Utah. Do you always Utah. insist on civilians calling you by your rank? Uh, Mr. Stewart, um, Representative Stewart, I'm in uniform wearing my military rank. Uh, I just thought it was appropriate to uh, stick with that. Well, because, I, I, I'm I sorry, assure you, Mr. Stewart, no, I'm I apologize. Sure no because I, I don't believe he did. But um, the attacks that I've uh, had in the press um, in, uh, in Twitter have kind of eliminated the fact that either uh, marginalized me as a military officer well, uh, or... Listen, I just, I'm, just, I'm just telling you that the ranking member net, net no disrespect to you. I, I believe that. I, I'd like to go back to your previous testimony earlier today. Amazing. Uh, much of, Devin much Nunes had said, Mr. Uh, Vindman, and Vindman had said, uh, sir, please call me Lieutenant Colonel Vindman. And it turns out now, under questioning from the Republican uh, from Utah, Mr. Stewart, that the reason Vindman said that is because of all the attacks and threats he's getting from these crazed right-wingers who listen to right-wing hate radio and watch Fox so-called news. It's the impeachment hearings. Today it's Jennifer Williams and Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vindman. It is correct. Uh, is President Trump a member of the military? Uh, he is not. Has he ever served in the military? Uh, not that I'm aware of. Is President Zelensky a member of the military? Uh, I the don't believe no. so. I don't know. He's not. Would it be fair then to take a person who has never served in the military uh, and to take your reevaluation of their words based on your military experience and your military culture, and to attach that culture and that meaning of those words to someone who has never served? Representative, I made that judgment, and I stick by that judgment. Okay, well, I, I gotta tell you, I think it's nonsense. Uh, look, I was in the military. I could distinguish between a favor and an order and a demand, and so could my subordinates. And I think President Zelensky did as well. He never initiated an investigation. In fact, he's been very clear. He said, I never felt any pressure at all. So you interpreted the word favor, but the two people who were speaking to each other did not interpret that as a demand. It was your interpretation. Is that fair? The context of this call, consistent with the July 10th, uh, July 10th meeting with the reporting that was going on, including the president's personal attorney, made it clear that this was not simply a request. Well, that's not true it at all. It's not clear at all. You say it makes it clear. It's not clear at all. 
And the two individuals who were talking to each other didn't interpret it that way. I'd like to go on to discuss your reaction to the phone call and again, your previous testimony. And for brevity and for clarity, I'm gonna to refer to your previous testimony, page 155, your attorney's welcome to follow on. Quoting you, Lieutenant Colonel Vidman, I did not know whether this was a crime or anything of that nature. I thought it was wrong. And I'd like to key on the word wrong here because we're gonna come back to that. In my mind, did I consider this factor that could have been other implications? Yes, but it wasn't the basis of, I don't know, lodging a criminal complaint or anything like that. Then you go on to talk about policy concerns and moral and ethical judgments. So your concerns regarding this phone call were not legal. They were based on moral, ethical, and policy differences. Let me ask you then, and you, which you thought were wrong, to use your word. You said this was wrong. Not illegal, but wrong. There are, as I've stated previous sitting here a couple days ago, there are dozens of corrupt nations in the world, hundreds of corrupt government officials. Exactly one time did a vice president go to a nation and demand the specific firing of one individual and give a six hour time limit and withhold or threaten to withhold a billion dollars in aid if not. It was the one individual who was investigating a company that was paying his son. So I'll ask you, was that also wrong? I, that is not what I understand. I, I frankly don't have any firsthand knowledge of that. You've as, not seen the video? I've, I've seen the video. That's I've seen all that I've snippet. described is with video. Everything I just said to you was in the video. Was that wrong as well? Congressman, this is something I actually participated well, in. I think the I, American I people can make a judgment. That I don't that know. Too. The, the time of the gentleman has expired. Colonel Vindeman, if you'd like to answer the question, you're more than welcome. I, I frankly don't know any uh, that much more about that particular incident. I saw the snippet of the video, but I don't know if I could make a judgment off that. Thank you. Um, Mr. Quigley. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Colonel, it's uh, one thing to ask somebody a favor like, hey, go pick up my dry cleaning. And it's another when the commander-in-chief of the most powerful army in the world asks an ally who's in a vulnerable position to do him a favor, is it not? Yes. Let me go back to that military assistance, if I could. Ms. Williams, again, when did you first learn that the security assistance was being held up, the nearly $400 million that was referenced? July 3rd. And... Were you aware of any additional, or did you attend any additional meetings in which that uh, military assistance being withheld was discussed? I did. I attended meetings on July 23rd and July 26th, where the security assistance hold was discussed. I believe it may have also been discussed on July 31st. And uh, at that point, did anyone provide a specific reason for the hold? In those meetings, the OMB representative uh, reported that the assistance was being held at the direction of the White House Chief of Staff. And did they give reasons beyond that it was being withheld by the White House Chief of Staff? Not specifically. Uh, the, the reason given was that there was an ongoing review whether the, the funding was still in line with administration priorities. Did anyone in any of those meetings or in any other subsequent uh, discussion you had discuss the legality of withholding that aid? There were discussions, I believe, in the July 31st meeting and possibly prior as well in terms of defense and State Department officials were looking into how they would handle a situation in which 
earmarked funding from Congress that was designated for Ukraine would be resolved if the funding continued to be held as we approach the end of the fiscal year. And from what you witnessed, did anybody in the national security community support withholding the assistance? No. Colonel, again, just for the record, when did you first learn the security assistance was being withheld? Uh, on or about July 3rd. And what exactly had you learned from the State Department, I believe, that uh, prompted you to draft the notice on July 3rd? And welcome back. We're listening right now to the questioning of Alexander Vindman and uh, Jennifer Williams. This is uh, Representative Mike Quigley, Democrat of Illinois. Earlier, a Republican congressman just a few moments ago had basically tried to get Vindman. Vindman had said that, you know, earlier in his opening statement, that in the military, if you're if a superior officer asks you for a favor, it's always interpreted as an order. If a superior officer says, you know, I'd really like a cup of coffee, that's an order. Go get me a cup of coffee. Or I'd really like to see this contract or this negotiation worked out. That's an order. And Vindmund took the president of the United States telling the president of Ukraine, please do me a favor and investigate Biden and see if you can prove that it was Ukraine who hacked the 2016 election. In his opinion, this was taken as an order. But then the Republican just a moment ago said, but Trump isn't in the military. He's never served in the military. He doesn't know that in military culture that's the case. And Zelensky's not in the military, and he never served in the military. And how would he know that when a superior asked for something, that's an order? And Vindman said, I stand by my belief that Zelensky interpreted Trump's demand as an order. And the Republican says, but he never opened the investigation. And Vindman didn't essentially reply to that. But I, I would say that the obvious answer is that the whistleblower's release on September 9th led to the release of the money on September 11th, and so there was no need to follow the order. You're listening to Tom Hartman. Visit TomHartman.com for audio and video archives. Not about that. This is uh, Congressman Peter Welch of Vermont, Democrat from Vermont. And he's talking to to uh, Lieutenant Colonel Vindman. And you know, I'll say this to President Trump. You want to investigate Joe Biden, you want to investigate Hunter Biden, go at it. Do it. Do it hard. Do it dirty. Do it the way you do do it. Just don't do it by asking a foreign leader to help you in your campaign. That's your job. It's not his. My goal in these hearings is two things. One is to get an answer to Colonel Vindman's question. And the second coming out of this is for us as a Congress to return to the Ukraine policy that Nancy Pelosi and Kevin McCarthy both support. It's not investigations. It's the restoration of democracy in Ukraine and the resistance of Russian aggression. I yield back. Mr. Maloney. Thank you both for being here. You know, Lieutenant Colonel Vindman, This may be one of your first congressional hearings like this, so particularly when I've been sitting here listening to my Republican colleagues, you know, one of the advantages of being down here at the kids' This is uh, Congressman Sean Patrick Maloney, the Democrat for New York. um, Ask their questions. And I've been listening closely to my Republican colleagues, and I've heard them say just about everything except to contradict any of the substantive testimony you've both given. 
you may have noticed there's been a lot of complaints and there's been a lot of insinuations and there's been a lot of suggestions maybe that your service is somehow not not to be trusted you know you were treated to questions about your loyalty because of some half-baked job offer i guess the ukrainians made you which you of course dutifully reported i guess mr castor is implying maybe you're uh, you've got some dual loyalty, which is, of course, an old smear we've heard many times in our history. They tried to demean you as though maybe you're, you've overstated your importance of your job. But, of course, you were this, the guy on the National Security Council responsible for directing Ukrainian policy. We've heard them air out some allegations with no basis in proof, but they just want to get them out there and hope maybe some of those strands of spaghetti, I guess, will stick on the wall if they keep throwing them. We've even had a member of this committee question, this is my favorite, question why you would wear your dress uniform today. Even though that dress uniform includes a breastplate that has a combat infantry badge on it and a Purple Heart medal ribbon. Seems like if anybody gets to wear their uniform, it's somebody who's got a breastplate with those commendations on it. So let's do it again. Let's do the substance. Can we do that? Because we've had a lot of, a lot of dust kicked up. Ms. Williams, you heard the call with your own ears, right? Yes, sir. Not secondhand, not hearsay. You heard the president speak. You heard his voice on the call. Correct. And your conclusion was what he said about investigating the Bidens was your words, unusual and inappropriate, I believe. Am I, am I right? That was my testimony. And Mr. Vindman, you were treated to a July 10th meeting in the White House where you heard Ambassador Sondland raise investigations, conditioning a White House meeting on that, investigations that you thought were unduly political. I believe that's how you described them. And you went to the NSC Council and you reported it, right? Correct. And then later, you too were on the White House call. Am I right? You heard it with your own ears. Correct. Not secondhand, not from somebody else, not hearsay, right? Correct. You heard the president's voice on the call. I didn't. And you heard him raise that subject again that Ambassador Sondland had raised before about investigating the Bidens, right? I did. And I want to ask you, when you heard him say that, what was the first thought that went through this your This is Congressman Sean Patrick Maloney, who is questioning I was hearing. right now. He's questioning shock. Lieutenant Colonel okay. Alexander uh, Vindman. And he's basically trying to just lay out the case. Worst fear of how our Ukraine policy could play out was playing out and how this was likely to have uh, significant implications for U.S. national security. And you went immediately and you reported it, didn't you? I did. Why? Because that was my duty. You still have your opening statement handy? I do. Would you read the last paragraph for me again? The second to last one. Would you read that one again for me? Because I think the American public deserves to hear it again. Starting. That's the one. I think my dad would appreciate this one too. Dad, my sitting here today in the U.S. Capitol talking to our elected officials is proof that you made the right decision 40 years ago to leave the Soviet Union and come here to the United States of America in search of a better life for our family. Do not worry, I'll be fine for telling the truth. You realize when you came forward out of sense of duty that you were putting yourself in direct opposition to the most powerful person in the world. Do you realize that, sir? I knew I was assuming a lot of risk. And I'm struck by that word, don't worry, that phrase, do not worry, you addressed to your dad. Was your dad a warrior? Uh, he did serve. It was a different military, though. And he would have worried if you were putting yourself up against the President of the United States. Is that right? He deeply worried about it because in his context, there was, there was the ultimate risk. And why do you have confidence that you can do that and because tell your dad not to worry? Congressman, because this is America. 
This is the country I've served and defended, that all of my brothers have served, and here, right matters. Thank you, sir. Yield back. That was, that was extraordinary. That was Congressman Sean you, Patrick Maloney, and he was basically all, just, Williams, you know, eliciting you the patriotism of this guy. It, it and uh, matters. Um, this is interesting. We're back-to-back -back -back Democrats. There must be a lot of Republicans who just chose not to show up today to for the hearings. This is Representative Val Demings, the Democrat from the 10th District of Florida. And what I said to them was that no words, no words are really adequate or sufficient to fully express our gratitude for their service to our nation. So, Lieutenant Colonel Vindman, today I say to you, there are no words that are sufficient to fully express our gratitude to you for what you have done for our nation and amazingly what you are still willing to do for our nation. It is vitally important that the American people understand how President Trump's unethical demand that Ukraine deliver politically motivated investigations in exchange for military assistance created a security risk for our, the United States of America, national security. The President was not just playing a political game by upholding military aid and and meetings with Ukraine, threatening the hundreds of millions of dollars of military assistance that Congress had appropriated has real-life consequences for Ukraine and for the USA. In your deposition, Colonel Vindman, you testified, and I quote, a strong and independent Ukraine is critical to our security interests. Could you please explain why a strong and independent Ukraine is so critical and why it is so vital to U.S. interests? We sometimes refer to Ukraine as a frontline state. It's on the front line of Europe. It's, they have actually described to me, the Ukrainians, that is, it is a, they consider themselves as a barrier between Russian aggression and Europe. And what I've heard them describe is the need for U.S. support in order to serve this role, in order to protect European and Western security. Lieutenant Colonel, this is not just a theoretical conflict between Ukraine and Russia. You've already said this morning that Russia is actively fighting to expand into Ukraine, that Ukraine is in a hot war with Russia right now. Is that correct? It's stable, but it's still a hot war. And isn't it true, Lieutenant Colonel, that even if the security assistance was eventually delivered to Ukraine, the fact that it was delayed, just that fact, could signal to Russia that the bond between Ukraine and the U.S. was weakening? That was the concern of myself and my colleagues. And was the risk of even the appearance that the U.S.-Ukraine bond is shaky is that it could embolden Russia to act with more aggression. Would you say that's correct? I believe that was my testimony. Just last month during an interview, President Putin joked about interfering in our political elections. I can only guess that's what we have become to Russia and its president. I think he felt 
emboldened by the president's reckless actions, both attempts to hold critical military aid from Ukraine and President Trump's effort to blame uh, Ukraine, not Russia, for election interference. Ms. Williams and Lieutenant Colonel Vindman, I can only say that every American, regardless of our politics, should be critically concerned about that. And let me just say this. Yes, we do trust the American people. You're listening people. to the Tom Hartman but program. You know We're listening to the hearings of the Intelligence to Committee uh, today. And Jennifer Williams and Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vindman. Against all enemies, foreign and domestic. And we intend to do just that. Thank you again for your service, Mr. Chairman. I yield back. Mr. Krishnamurthy. Good afternoon, Lieutenant Colonel Vindman and Ms. Williams. Thank you for your service. Lieutenant Colonel Vindman, I'm concerned that your loyalty has been questioned not just because you're bringing forward evidence of wrongdoing against the President, President of the United States, but because you're an immigrant. Uh, recently, Fox News host Brian Kilmeade said he, meaning you, were born in the Soviet Union, emigrated with his family young. He tends to feel simpatico with the Ukraine. I find this statement reprehensible because it appears that your immigrant heritage is being used against you. Lieutenant Colonel, I came to this country when I was three months old. Your family fled the Soviet Union and moved to America when you were just three and a half years old, right? Correct. And I understand that your father worked multiple jobs while also learning English, right? Correct. Your father stressed the importance of embracing what it means to be an American, correct? That is correct. All your childhood memories relate to being an American, correct? That is correct. You and your family faced difficult times during your childhood, correct? Yes. I can relate, that's my story too. But your father went on to become an engineer, right? He uh, reestablished himself in his former pro profession in, in the United States. I can relate, I got a BS in engineering. Of course, some people claim I practice the BS part now. <laughs> your father never gave up working hard to build his very own American dream, did he? He did not. Well, Lieutenant Colonel Vindman, your father achieved the American dream, and so did you and your family. From one immigrant American to another immigrant American, I want to say to you that you and your family represent the very best of America. I assume that you are as proud to be an American as I am, correct? Yes, sir. I want to uh, turn your attention to uh, Yuri Litsenko. You called him a disruptive actor in your opening statement, correct? Correct. Mr. Lutsenko, the former prosecutor general in Ukraine, has made various claims about various Americans, right? Correct. You are unaware of any factual basis for his accusations against Ambassador Yovanovitch, right? Correct. He also was a source for an article by John Solomon in The Hill, right? That is correct. And you said that key elements of that article, as well as his accusations, are false, right? Correct. Lusenko is not a credible source, correct? Correct. Sir, the other side claims that there was absolutely no pressure on this July 25th phone call. I think that's what we heard earlier, right? 
I believe so. And uh, this is Representative Krishna Murthy, President Trump from asked in terms of investigations on that phone call as a demand, correct? Correct. And you've pointed out the large power disparity between President Trump on the one hand and President Zelensky on the other, correct? Yes. There was pressure on that phone call, right? The, the Ukrainians needed the meeting. The Ukrainians subsequently, when they found out about it, needed the security assistance. So they, pressure was brought to bear on them, correct? I believe so. Sir, Colonel Vindman, last week we heard a decorated military veteran, namely Ambassador Bill Taylor, come before us. You interacted regularly with Ambassador Taylor and you know him to be a man of integrity and he's a patriotic American, isn't that right? Superb individual. I asked Ambassador Taylor a series of questions based on his experience as an infantry commander. I asked him, quote, is an officer allowed to hold up action placing his troops at risk until someone provides them a personal benefit? Ambassador Taylor responded, no, sir. Colonel Vindman, do you agree with Ambassador Taylor? I do. I then asked Ambassador Taylor, quote, is that because they would be betraying their responsibility to the nation? Ambassador Taylor responded, yes, sir. Colonel Vindman, do you agree with Ambassador Taylor? I do. I then asked Ambassador Taylor, quote, could that type of conduct trigger a court-martial? Ambassador Taylor said, yes, sir. Do you agree with Ambassador Taylor, Colonel Vindman? I do. Thank you for your service. Concludes the member questioning. Uh, Representative Nunes, you're uh, recognized for any concluding remarks. So this is Devin Nunes with his Act concluding remarks. Act circus is over. Uh, for those of you who have been watching it at home, the Democrats are no closer to impeachment than where they were three years ago. In the process, they've, the Department of Justice, FBI, State Department, elements within the IC, the ICIG, have all suffered long-term damage. The Democrats can continue to put, to poison the American people with this nonsense. We sit here all morning without any evidence for impeachment which would be a very serious crime, high crime and misdemeanors, as it says in the Constitution. No such thing. Policy disagreements and the Democrats' failure to acknowledge their involvement in the 2016 election, I would say it's astonishing, but that would be putting too little emphasis on their actions. With that, I yield back the balance of my time. Thank the gentleman. We're back. Devin Nunes just basically said the Democrats haven't proven anything, and now he tossed it to Adam Schiff, and this is going to wrap it up, and I'll be taking your calls afterwards. Some of the evidence you presented, as well as others uh, thus far in the impeachment inquiry. First of all, uh, I want to join my colleagues in uh, thanking you, Colonel Vindman, for your military service. And I should tell you that notwithstanding all of the questions you got on why didn't you go talk to your supervisor, why didn't you go talk to Mr. Morrison, why did you go to the national security lawyer, as if there's something wrong with going to the national security lawyer, are you aware that we asked Mr. Morrison whether he went to the national security lawyer right after the call and that he did? I am. And are you aware also that we asked him, well, if you had this problem with Colonel Vindman not going to you instead of the lawyer, naturally you must have gone to your supervisor. And you know what his answer was? 
He didn't go to his supervisor either. He went directly to the National Security Council lawyer. So I hope my colleagues will give him the same hard time for not following his chain of command that he complained about with you, apparently. Um, the president may attack you. What Schiff is doing, basically, has. is cleaning up the attacks Others by the Republicans. Right Many of TV them very might attack you, And they have. But I thought you should know, and maybe you know already, that this is what the former chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff had to say about you, Colonel Vindman. He is a professional, competent, patriotic, and loyal officer. He has made an extraordinary contribution to the security of our nation in both peacetime and combat. Uh, I'm sure your dad is proud to hear that. Um, my colleagues have tried to make the argument here today, and we've heard it before, that the president was just interested in fighting corruption. Uh, that's our goal, fighting corruption in Ukraine, this terribly corrupt country. The problem, of course, with that is there's no evidence of the president trying to fight corruption. The evidence all points in the other direction. The evidence points in the direction of the president inviting Ukraine to engage in the corrupt act of investigating a U.S. political opponent. Ambassador Yovanovitch was known as a strong fighter of corruption, so what does the president do? He recalls her from her post. Ambassador Yovanovitch, in fact, was at a meeting celebrating other anti-corruption fighters, including a woman who had acid thrown in her face on the day she was told to get on the next plane back to Washington. You prepared talking points for the president's first conversation with Zelensky. He's supposed to talk about rooting out corruption. If this president had such a deep interest in rooting out corruption in Ukraine, surely he would have brought it up on the call, but of course we now know that he did not. We then see Rudy Giuliani not fighting corruption, but asking for an investigation of the Bidens. And my colleagues say, well, maybe he was acting on his own. Even though he says he's acting as the president's lawyer, maybe he was really acting on his own. But the two investigations that Rudy Giuliani wanted come up in the meeting you participate in on July 10th at the White House, when Ambassador Sondland brings up the Bidens and Burisma in 2016, tells the Ukrainians who want that meeting in the White House, you got to do these investigations. Now, they would say Ambassador Sondland was acting on his own, but that doesn't quite work either because we have the call record from July 25th, which the president was forced to release, in which the president doesn't bring up corruption. He doesn't say how those anti-corruption courts going or great work in the RADA. Of course not. What does the president say? I want you to invest the, investigate the Bidens and this debunk conspiracy theory pushed by Vladimir Putin. That also helps me in my re-election. So much for fighting corruption. The message to Ukraine, the real message to Ukraine, our U.S. policy message is, don't engage in political investigations. The message from the president, however, was the exact opposite. Do engage in political investigations and do it for my re-election. And it's also made clear if they want the White House meeting and ultimately if they want $400 million in U.S. aid, this is what they have to do. The only lament I hear from my colleagues is, it wasn't successful. They got caught. They didn't get the political investigations and they still had to release the money. Now they still haven't gotten the White House meeting, but they had to release the money because a whistleblower blew the whistle. Whistleblower the president wants to punish. 
and because Congress announced it was doing investigations and very soon thereafter, the president was forced to lift the hold on the aid. They argue, well, this makes it, this makes it okay that it was a failed effort to bribe Ukraine, a failed effort to extort Ukraine. That doesn't make it better. It's no less odious because it was discovered and it was stopped. And we have courageous people like yourself who come forward, who report things, who do what they should do, who have a sense, as you put it, Colonel, of duty, of duty, not to the person of the president, but to the presidency and to the country. And we thank you for that. At the end of the day, I think this all comes back to something we heard from another career Foreign Service officer just last Friday in a conversation he overheard with the president in a restaurant in Ukraine in which the president, not Rudy Giuliani, not anyone else, the president of the United States wanted to know, are they going to do the investigations? This is the day after that July 25th call. Are they going to do the investigations? And he's ensured by Ambassador Sondland they're going to do it. And what does Sondland relate to this Foreign Service officer after he hangs up that call? The president doesn't give a expletive about Ukraine. He only cares about the big things that help his personal interests. That's all you need to know. And it isn't just about Ukraine, of course. Ukraine is fighting our fight against the Russians, against their expansionism. That's our fight too. That's our fight too. At least we thought so on a bipartisan basis. That's our fight too. That's why we support Ukraine with the military aid that we have. Well, the president may not care about it, but we do. We care about our defense, we care about the defense of our allies, and we darn well care about our constitution. We are adjourned. Okay, that's it. Adam Schiff just Please wrapping it up the, and, and basically the making, making the democratic case for, well, frankly, the impeachment case. I mean, Justin Amash, a former Republican, he had to leave the party once he came out and having read the Mueller report, said, oh, my God, the, you know, this, if you actually read this report, you get it that Donald Trump you know, betrayed his country and also committed the crime of obstruction of justice, also known as a cover-up. <laughs> Democrats need to start using that word. So the principal thing is that up until now, the Republicans have been whining, well, we don't have any first-hand sources. This is all second-hand and third-hand. And, you know, it's all innuendo, and we're, we haven't actually heard from somebody who heard the president say this to Zelensky. Interestingly, both Jennifer Williams, the special advisor to Mike Pence on Europe and Russia, and Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vindman, the National Security Council intelligence officer who was uh, put on duty at the White House, a wounded and decorated soldier, both of them said, that they actually heard the word Burisma, which is the Ukrainian company that Hunter Biden was on the board of. They actually heard that word in that uh, July 25th phone call between Trump and Zelensky. But that word does not appear in the transcript. The one thing that I was, I, I just kept waiting for through the whole hearings, and, and maybe it happened when I wasn't paying attention, but there were, you know, I, I, I missed little bits and pieces here and there, and particularly as we've had to do you know, all the business of running a radio show. But there is a paragraph with two sets of ellipses in it. And I kept waiting for them to put that paragraph. They did put the paragraph up on the screen at one point and asked a question about it.
but I kept waiting for them to a- ask either either Williams or um, uh, Vindman, either one of them or both of them, are these ellipses because there was a pause or are these ellipses because there's substantial information deleted here? But they never got around to that question, and I don't know why, and it's, it's bothering me. But anyhow, picking up your phone calls here. Karen in Vacaville, California. Hey, Karen, what's up? Hi there. Hey. I got three scenarios for you. Okay. If, if Trump is such a buddy-buddy with Putin, why can't he say, well, Putin, just lay off the Ukraine and we'll save our money? The main reason, I think, is either Putin has something on Trump, and probably something much more substantial than the PP tapes, but people are pointing out that he ran one of his beauty pageants there, and he used to go in the back rooms, and he used to try to hit on the girls, and maybe maybe he was successful in that one, and they've got something like that. Or, I think that this is probably the greater probability, a Trump Tower in Moscow could be a billion-dollar project and could help him rebuild his fortune. I think he is deeply in debt. In fact, one of the things that was just released in the last day or two was a report that was filed by an LL that Trump owns that Trump owes $50 million to. And this LLC doesn't even have an office or a staff. So Trump is playing shell games with his own money, and he's trying to hide it. That's my guess. Go ahead. Scenario number two, if Trump has some place that he has to leave real quick to, where do you think he would go? I think he might go supervise the construction of Trump Tower Russia. and with Exactly. Scenario. Yeah, okay. There's talk of the sun running for president in 2024. Right, but Don there's Jr. also talk of if Trump is allowed to stay in by whatever means, and he gets rid of Pence as his vice president, he brings on Sun Jr., and then he finishes out another four years, and then the son runs for president in 2024, and then the dynasty continues with Right, Trump and then we're officially Haiti, and it's gone from Papa Doc exactly. to Baby Doc. Exactly. Yeah, yeah I'm with so you, Karen. Have- I, I think right. all these things are, all of these are possible. Karen, thank you. John in Orlando, Florida. Hey, John, you disagree with me? Yeah. About what? Oh, totally, man, totally. This is ridiculous. You guys keep this up. The boil that needs to be broken is you. And the Democratic Party, you guys are so corrupt, it's pathetic. Okay, give me you an know, example. You're, you're making Donald Trump. Listen, give me, you can give me an example, me and John. All that and overtalk me, but Donald give Trump me an has the right to find out what happened in 2016. Sure, but why did he call the FBI? Well, I don't, I don't the care FBI, about the I know the answer to this, John. The, is, the FBI has already said what happened in 2016 was not the EU, it was not the Ukrainians, it was the Russians. The National Security Agency has already said it was not the Ukrainians, it was the Russians. The Senate Intelligence Committee, headed up by a Republican, has issued a unanimous report saying it wasn't the Ukrainians, it was the Russians. So the reason why Donald Trump had to go to the Ukraine and ask them to cook up something saying that, oh yeah, we hacked the DNC, it wasn't the Russians, is because he thought he could buy them or threaten them to do it. Because all of our intelligence services, 17 different intelligence agencies and the Senate Intelligence Committee all said, no, no, it was Russians. Funny. What are you going to do? Commit suicide when Trump's reelected? Is that what you're going to do? So you're not, you're not even going to acknowledge what I said, John? What, you're, you're talking you asked the I'm question. You asked what's guy. wrong with, you know, why would Trump go to Ukraine and ask for, for dirt on Joe Biden? And I, and I said, because he can't get it here because it doesn't exist. I mean, from that, I'm supposed to commit suicide. I, this is bizarre. This is really bizarre. But keep it up. It's entertaining, if nothing else, I suppose. Thanks so much for being with us today. We've got more hearings tomorrow. 
Uh, tomorrow it's going to be Gordon Sondland, Laura Cooper, and David Hale. That's going to be a very big day. So stay tuned, same time, same bat place, same bat channel. And uh, in the meantime, don't forget, democracy is not a spectator sport. It requires you. So please share with your friends how you get progressive media. Tag your it. We'll see you tomorrow. You've been listening to Tom Hartman. For audio and video archives, visit TomHartman.com. 